You are listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast. And despite what the title may lead you to believe, this is a podcast about the joys and challenges of being a professional PHP developer. Your hosts are three passionate developers who make a living coding and who live stream every week to discuss coding, projects, work, tech, and running a business. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Van Johnson, John Congdon, and Tom Rideout. You're listening to episode 271 of I am your host, Eric Van Johnson, and with me tonight is John Congdon. I thought you missed hitting the cord, but you got it. Like a professional. And Tom Rideout. Like a professional. Like. Like a professional. But not. If not you're joining us, if, if you're listening to the audio podcast, you're going to notice something throughout this show. We've recorded live every Thursday night, typically starting around 9 p.m. Pacific Coast time. Of course, tonight we started about 10 minutes early. But you can always join us and be part of the show in our Discord channel at discord.phpugly.com. Just come on in, join us. You can We're in there all week chatting, chatting it up, talking. we got different channels for different things. So uh, come on, join us, and be part of the live show. You can... The Discord is, they're the people who title the show for us. And if you're in Discord, you do that by doing the exclamation point title and then putting your title suggestion. And we uh, we go through all that at the end of the show. And we need help. So, so please do that, so. Let's get started. <laughs> that was it. So you said they were going to notice something different for some reason or throughout the show. What are they going to notice? What am I missing? Are you talking to me? Yeah, you said I, it. I, I, They'll they'll notice that we we talk to people in our Discord. Oh, if they're listening to the I audio podcast, you made it sound like there's going to be something different than normal. I'm like, no, that's kind of normal. No, I'm not. I'm not going to announce anything we're working on potentially. No, John, that's not his style. Am I? I, I, I do that. I I I would never do such a thing. Okay, never. Just making sure we're on the same page. How are All you, right. How's your week been, gentlemen? Holy oh my God. goodness! You really you want to jump into it that quick, really? John, well, okay. So John's drinking early. Let's start right there. Well, John, that's because I I did not get to drink Tuesday night. I, I I normally drink a little Tuesday and a little Thursday. I didn't drink any Tuesday, so I had to drink all tonight. It's just the way it works. I hey, I'm on board with that. No one here is arguing. Yeah. We had an exciting week at the, at the Diego Dev uh, headquarters yeah. this, this week. But we'll save that for a little bit. We'll, we've teased that a Good little idea. bit. Yeah. Let's, Tom, let's, let's Tom, how, how Tom was, you should what? start. <laughs> what? Tom, how was your week? Oh, boy. It has been uh, meetings, meetings, and meetings, uh, and meetings, and... I uh, I got quite frustrated by the time we had our sprint retrospective this week or today, and uh, I was not a shining star for the sprint retrospective. Why is that? Because I've had so many problems this week with things just not working the way I want them to, uh, doing a lot of management stuff that is interfering with tickets getting out the door, uh, work that I wanted to get done that just does not get done. And fortunately... I have a four-day weekend this weekend. Because of PTO or some other reason? Yes. Uh, it it struck me in on Thanksgiving how effective taking time off is when you're really at a stressful job. 
um, at my previous job, taking time off didn't really make sense. I had, it was low stress, low pressure, you know, getting, getting things out the door, just sort of on your own time. Uh, this job is very stressful. It's very difficult. And I, I started to understand the need for PTO just to take a day for myself. Uh, so I decided that seeing as it was my birthday this weekend, I would take a, a four day weekend, which, uh, it turns out is, was a very, very good idea. Why is that? Cause just I get because to work this, this past week. Yeah. I get to work on the stuff that I want to get done and get worked on. Um, you know, telling my boss that I'm going to, I'm going to be coding over the weekend that I took time off for probably wouldn't make him super excited, but it totally excites me. I want to get some coding done. I want to get some, some things accomplished. So you took time off, but you're going to continue coding versus getting away for your birthday. I I took time off. I'm going to start coding because I'll tell you what, I had 10 meetings today and do you know how much coding you can get done when you have 10 meetings in one day? I can tell you how much coding you get done if you have one meeting. It's probably about the same. No. That's have you have you, have you the seen metric. the have you seen that article the makers versus managers yes timeline or scheduling yes I have yeah. uh, so the article that John's referencing is basically discussing how what what is the KPI for each team for developers KPI is code produced for managers KPI is meetings accomplished and well it's also the fact that we work in chunks of time not one hour blocks where people that do scheduling and have meetings, they work from 10 to 11. I have this meeting from 11 to 12. I have this meeting. And it's like Mm -hmm. your day is broke up into single hour chunks where for us to really get into a groove, we need a good three, four, five hour block of time. So one of the things I will be doing moving forward is scheduling four hour chunks of time in my calendar for development. If you want to have a meeting with me during that period of time, not available. I am just coding uninterrupted. So I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt this uh, little project management powwow here. Oh, are we doing that um, again? We stop talk. We stop talk. To, management project. Trying to figure out. Do you here. have like a rancor like under your desk or something? What the? What is the? Gr- the gr- this sounds ferocious. Whatever it is. What do, what do we have it. here? What is this? See. A bag? I can't get, I see a computer I can't get bag. the camera off my monitor. Come on. I can't get the monitor. like messed up. Oh, there we go. John John has done what all dog owners do, which is get another dog. Yeah. Uh, oh, look at the little guy. Wait, is that is that the dog? What am the I looking at? dog's down there somewhere. Yeah. No, it's, the, the, it's the crumpled up. There he is. It's the crumpled up brown <laughs> shirt in the middle of the frame there. <laughs> It actually looks like a little, what's it called, Rancor, whatever. It's, it's my cute little Penny Lane. Penny Lane. Is that the name, Penny Lane? That's the yep. name. Oh, that's too adorable. Yep. Yep. It took a little selling to get the kids on board, but they eventually loved it. <laughs> that's the problem, though. Pugs snore a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the breed is fundamentally flawed. Yeah. But so cute in so many other ways. So I'll very much, it. very much. <laughs> it's an ugly sort of cute. We know we know a lot about that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh man. Okay, yeah, Eric. How about your week? We'll, we'll move on from project come on. management. Come on, come on. No, you know, if you're gonna play, if you you're know, gonna complain about project does. management, I gotta hear. I gotta hear this. I like that your router or your switch is visible in the background there. Yep, had a had a plug in the old switch. 
uh, getting, I got my uh, got my lights uh, installed, so I needed uh, network connectivity for my lights. You know how that is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're yeah, slowly you're slowly rebuilding the studio, and I I like the seeing house. That. The house is coming together, um, and the office specifically is coming together. Uh, I got my um, since we're showing moving cameras around. Let's see if I can move mine. I got I got the old Diego Dev arcade system in here now. So uh nice. that, that's good. But uh yeah, it's it's all kinda kinda coming together. Got my got getting pictures hung up. I'm really excited. Um the wife uh she has an office as well. She's really pimped out her office. She's got like a refrigerator in there, a microwave in there, a coffee maker in there. It's like she's she's like gone full <laughs> on nesting in her office. <laughs> she's completely pimped out, but She's like, I could just close myself in here and not go anywhere else. Leave me alone. I'm I'm pretty sure that's the goal. Yeah, I'm not sure what all the uh, what all the jars are for, but you know, don't really want to know at this point. <laughs> one one testicle at a time. It, it, it has always it has always struck me that your wife is much better at at time and space management than you are as I far as like space getting getting things <laughs> locked down. <laughs> Inside oh, joke, but that, that's funny. Yeah, you've struck a nerve. <laughs> you struck a nerve with us, Tom. You were working yeah. with Doctor Who. No, no. Well, yes. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I like, right, so, I like uh, Drunk let's John. Talk. He's got the giggles. Uh, let's talk. Let's let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk. What what is name as a Unix administrator. Let's start with that. Oh, bad news this week. What is the what is the worst possible thing you can do your to your system that we all do at some point in your career? Oh, run anything as root. Well, you think that that's the worst? Maybe if you do an rm dash rf slash is probably the worst thing you could possibly do. If you don't do it as root, you're fine. Why do you Why do you do this? Just just lean just into go. it for me. All right, uh, wipe your Jesus disk. Jesus Christ. Worst thing you could possibly do, wipe your disk. Oh, my freaking God. If you're a database administrator, what's the worst thing you could possibly do? Uh, wipe your database. Yeah. Especially your production database. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, those tables drop quickly, brother. <laughs> we, we, uh, <laughs> we, yeah, there's, we had it. They're supposed to be incident fast. This week where, um, one of our developers, Thought they were working in their local environment and just started dropping tables, <laughs> like like uh, nobody's business. Uh, just started dropping tables. Uh, <laughs> Pretty uh, fun. Yeah, uh, it was not the, not a fun evening. Eric and I were was, typing was, in in uh, Slack, just uh, talking normally, and all of a sudden, Eric's like, "John, huddle now!" I'm like, uh, "What?" <laughs> I've never, I never get called into Slack huddles because I hate Slack huddles. Yeah, and for him to snap like that, like now, I knew it was serious. Oh, and, oh god, oh, oh, I'm getting indigestion. So yeah, y- you know, I, I have, I have my Slack um, set up where I get notified whenever my name is mentioned. They don't have to do an at Eric if if the word <laughs> Eric is in any conversation. I get notified. Uh, little vein. So I got Go I got notified, and I pop over there, and the message was, I think we're going to have to bring Eric in. I'm like, okay, what's going on? Somebody's like, hey, big, our biggest client, or one of our biggest clients, we have two clients that are kind of our biggest client, 
one of our two biggest clients is the project they're working on. And uh, they say, yeah, uh, we started dropping tables in production. And I'm like, okay, seriously, it's late. I don't got time for this shit. What's going on? It's it, like, no, that's it. That's it. It was, it was it like was right around 4 o'clock. No, it, it was like yeah, 4 o'clock our time. I'm hitting nap time. <laughs> yeah. Let's get it done. Yeah. And, of course, I'm trying to work on you know client work as well. Like, I, I have another client work client that I've been trying to get work done for like weeks now and I get, keep getting pulled in a different direction and yesterday was one of the first days I had a good chunk of day to, to work on it and I'm getting these messages so I was like oh my god you gotta be kidding me and they weren't it was it was just yeah. one of those things right I mean we, we have, we've all done it and this is when you're like god I hope our disaster recovery plan works yeah. like, so Roger says gotta color code those tabs and I agree. Mm-hmm. If, if your client, <sighs> if your client allows for that, great. I use Data Grip. I don't think they have colored tabs, but I set up production like a simple checkbox. It's read only. So if I need to make changes, I have to manually go uncheck that. Like right, and I, I have to know I'm Roger, making changes. The the developer should have never had the permissions to drop the tables. I mean that right. that's yes. that was a flaw in our infrastructure. Yeah, and and we're going to have to address that. But uh, but yeah, you're right. I mean, I I am overly cautious about that stuff, and I still make mistakes all the time with mm-hmm. it. So yeah, I'm not sure colored tabs would have caught this one. <laughs> I like John's approach where you where you you mark it as a read only. But I, I've done uh, it in like on replicas too, where I've updated data on replicas, which then completely hoses your replication if you're not careful. Mm. So an, another place where I try to do that now on my replica servers, go and check that. It's read-only from my connection unless I reconnect in a read-write fashion. So let's be, let's be clear about this. You know, if you work in this industry long enough, you're going to make a boneheaded play like this. It just happens. I mean, it's mm. like... It's it's just the odds. I mean, eventually it's going going to happen. So, um, yeah, it happened, and we had backups. Fortunately, and even additionally, fortunately, we were using um, Amazon's RDS service, which, which I, I don't. I only use on this project, and I'm not actively involved in it. I've been trying to get the main contract I work on to move over, and they've done testing and RDS and Aurora would perform worse for their application. Like they just won't move over to it. Mm -hmm. So I don't doubt it. I mean, because it's, I I, I know the client you're talking about and I know, I think that that data needs to be pretty close to the code. Yeah. So from that perspective, I know how to maintain servers. I mean, I've been doing that for 20 years, right? Having a primary database and multiple replicas. So, I get called in and my first instinct is get the bin logs. Like first and foremost, that's, that is the key. We, we know our backup was what, like one o'clock in the morning. I know I need Mm -hmm. the bin logs since then so I can reconstruct the data, turn off the web servers or make it where people can't access or make changes. So that's my first instinct. I didn't go to, oh, let's use RDS to restore better. So while everyone is trying to figure out what to do, that's my first instinct. I'm like, don't do anything. Let me at least get this so I'm comfortable with getting restored to a some state of like workability. 
And it, if you are in charge of any production environment that that depends on a MySQL database or any database, obviously, <laughs> yeah, any database. Obviously, make sure you have backups. Make sure make sure your backups are good. But learn this recovery method that John's talking about about getting the bin logs and restruct restructuring the data because you're only as good until your last backup. And like in this situation, that would have meant that our client would have lost an entire day of Just sales. In a, yeah. So we needed to reconstruct that data from that day, which the bin logs would have allowed us to do. And we're actually going through that. And it, one of the things we've been talking about for this particular client is moving the database to that uh, Amazon Aurora. MySQL st- Aurora for a couple of reasons. Um, which is what I run. The, 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 the biggest reason we were doing it is because uh, by default, it does encryption at rest, which is a big requirement for our, for our client. But I remembered, I'm like, man, I know that had a um, point, point in time to recovery to it. Yeah. So, you know, I mentioned it earlier, but our administrator kind of, you know, they said, yeah, it would have been nice it, had we switched over, we would have had that. So I'm like, yeah, I don't think it has it for the MySQL Community Edition. Is what in RDS. Running. Yeah. In RDS. Yeah. So as... As we're going through this with the bin logs, I start Googling, you know, how to do point-in-time recoveries just to see how simple it would have been had we moved to, the, to that other service. And I'm looking at the tutorial. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> They're using MySQL. Like, that's the MySQL RDS. It's like, wait. So I log in. I don't say anything to anybody. You know, we're, we're all kind of – we're not sweating bullets. We just know we're, – we're all kind of hunkering down for a long night. We're all expecting to have this long night. So the guys are working on the bin logs. I log into the console and I'm, you know, I'm getting over to RDS. I'm getting over to the SQL database that went down and I hit the little drop down menu and it says point in time recovery. I'm like, what? <laughs> you're giving away, you're giving away how hard you actually worked on this. <laughs> well, right, the, this well, is going to well, take all night, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's funny is click, I click, contemplated click. saying anything because I'm like, I wanted to click it. Like, I wanted to start the process because I thought I was going to click it and it was going to say, oh, you can't do a point in time recovery for this instance. You're, you know, that's what I was You're expecting. on too old of a server <laughs> or something. Or, yeah, you can upgrade to this and we'll backtrack it for $5,000. Exactly. So eventually oh, we were, I say we were something. doing point in time recovery. You just don't have access to it. You can, you want access to I, it? Then knock yourself out. <laughs> I eventually say something to it, and the administrator is like, "I don't think so." And I direct direct them to where it's at, and they click. I'm like, "Let's click on it." Let's, I mean, it's not going to get worse at this point. <laughs> I but no, so, that is that is like the hardest click. I, yeah. I, I well, love all. Well, no, it, was, it wasn't. At, it wasn't that, because half the tables were gone. And at that point, <laughs> we, we had the we had the backup and we had the bin log. So we had started basically two ways of recovery. So no matter what, I was okay if, if something happened to that server at that point. I'm like, we've got everything we need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I so, don't know about you, John, but I was like, I was floored by how fast it did. Like when I saw how fast it had recovered. I'm like, yep, nope, that didn't work. Oh yeah, no, it just it, <laughs> it gave you a new server that was already running the the backed up version. No, right. it, do, it does spin up a new server, and it, yeah. and it it 
it restored the backup. It restored the last backup that it had in the system because, you know, everything's through the RDS service. Right. So it knew what the last backup was. It restored it. And then it just started going through the bin logs to the time we specified, which was a minute before or like seconds before the tables got dropped. I, I believe I believe that 15 years ago I paid Percona $25,000 to do that. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure. Because I tell you what, when you're in that situation, that's probably a great $25,000. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, we didn't regret it in the slightest. Mm-hmm. The, uh, and, the only thing I, I wish, like, you have to choose a, like, I want to go to this second. I, what I would really like to see in AWS is when you give them a time frame, they show you the bin log up to that point. You can say, here's the exact exact point in time because here's you got hundreds or thousands of queries in a second here's the person who did this <laughs> just do do everything that was requested except for this one person another another flaw everyone logs in as the same user into the database yeah but that's a great yeah. i mean i love that idea if if it was tracked which it's not bin logs only store the queries that are run not who runs them mm. Am I wrong? Be so sure. I'm not now. You say that, but I'm, but I'm curious. But that would be wrong. I I would tell you query logs, which was the old way of doing replication data, did not have user information. But I believe bin logs know the user. I I think so. I've deleted them since then, so I don't know for sure. But that was a good call. Was it an accident? So, so in the, it might actually have that, Eric, because there are so many comments within a bin log that it might have that data in there. So I love that idea of if people were logged in as different users, like run everything except for what this user did. That would mm-hmm. be fantastic. Yeah, that's true. But um, but yeah, we. It, it, you know what? I actually have to applaud the client as well. I mean, obviously we reached out to the client. We said, hey, there's something weird happening. I don't know. Let's check. No, <laughs> we told him exactly what was happening. And uh, the client stayed completely radio silent. He, you know, he they were like, okay, let me inform the team, tell them what's happening, and that was it. He reached out to me a couple times for updates, and I gave him updates. But this is a client where I've had to tell them in the past, listen, we can't fix shit if you keep talking to us. Stop messaging us so we can fix what's wrong. And we've had to have that conversation in the past. And this time, it was dead silent. And then... You know, we were able to get everything fixed and resolved and told them, and they were they were actually very happy. And then the next night, the CEO of the company calls me to say, hey, how are you – or are you disciplining so-and-so? And I'm like, no, Kaylin. I mean, I told – We can just say I, it's Kalen. It, it wasn't Kalen. I know, I, but that's why I, said, I can say it's Kalen. <laughs> I was like, no, I, I told him in the midst of everything while we were recovering. I said, you know – I'm pissed. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm I'm pissed, but I've been there. I've done this. I oh know yeah. What you're, I know what you're no, feeling. Like I said, so, it cost it cost my company twenty four thousand dollars when I did it. Yeah. When that other guy did mm-hmm. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is so this is was, one of the things people need to understand about programmers is that you're going to make the same mistakes every programmer makes. And one yeah. of those things is dropping a production table, and a lot of or, or running a bad money. query. 
Yeah. Or running a bad delete, bad update, something. And, oh, and yeah. the, the, the implementation in MySQL to prevent you from doing this is running the MySQL client with double dash, I am stupid, so that you do That's, not but, have you do not have drop permissions, you do not have uh, 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 update without a where clause. But that, we don't that goes we don't work only like so that. far. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every everyone on a work site gets hit with a tool. That's the way it is. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. don't fire that person and kick them out of the industry because of it. You well, say, hey, the, this person. Yeah. I mean, that that was a funny thing that our client CEO called me to say. Give them a break, like put them right back on the horse. Get them. Oh, I thought you were get saying them back the out there. No, he was he was very clear. Like, don't take disciplinary actions. Put them right back into a big project. Trust well, them. I'm like, yeah, no, I've you take done this. You take disciplinary <laughs> actions. When I did it, I had to take the trash out for like a couple weeks. So, I mean, we did menial stuff like hey during the recovery you've you've got to be in here hit and refresh and let us know when it's back up and like we're not going to sit here you sit here and do this <laughs> we did do that actually. see <laughs> that's perfect that's that's the kind of petty vengeance i expect from developers it, it reminds me of 20 years ago somebody somebody was supposed to be taking backups of their data at the time they didn't and something happened I mean, I, I hear this after I get hired later where the CEO made that person stay there. And th- at that point, they had invoices on paper and they had to manually re-enter every invoice into whatever system they were using at the time. Absolutely. Yeah. You didn't take the backups. You're paying the price. Absolutely. Uh, so, <sighs> so that was fun our week. week. Yeah. Oh, you guys, you guys did something else interesting this week. We did. But before we get to okay. that, but before we get to that. Okay. I'd like to thank our sponsor. We'd like to thank our sponsor for this episode, HookRelay.dev. HookRelay.dev allows you to create powerful webhooks without having to create all the groundwork yourself. Sure, the basics of sending webhooks are easy, but to add more powerful features takes time and effort. That's where HookRelay.dev saves the day. Have you ever tried sending data to third parties that have strict API limits? Do you handle those failures caused by those limits properly using traditional back-off algorithms? Stop worrying about third parties with flaky servers and let hookrelay.dev continue trying to reach them for you. Resending failed webhooks or just resending for testing is as simple as clicking a button. You can also be the recipient of webhooks. That's right, hookrelay.dev handles both inbound and outbound webhooks. Hookrelay.dev can catch the request and then send them to your servers. And best of all, reporting. Writing code to track success failures create reports, and more is already done with hookrelay.dev. Try hookrelay.dev's free tier today. Get three endpoints, 14-day retention, and 100 deliveries per day. Thank you, Hook Relay, for sponsoring today's episode. Thank you, Hook Thanks, Relay. Hook Relay. Thank you, oh. Hook Relay! Hook. 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 So, um, last week, we talked about my issue. Uh, no. Well, Mm-mm. I was trying to explain Mm-mm. to you guys Mm-mm. my what? What's the no? We're gonna we're gonna talk about the elephant in the room, which is There's the fact a couple that of them behind me. The, the two of you we got a few. Actually, there's four right there. Boop, boop, boop. The two of you did an interview with the voices of the elephant, the Godfather himself, Uncle Cal. I am deeply insulted. Now, I just, I just, uh, <laughs> I just want to call out something that might not be evident to everybody else. 
There was a lot ben of editing Ramsey, involved. That's all I'm saying. Ben Ramsey was interviewed for Voices of the Elephant. Mm-hmm. And if you go back and listen to that interview, Cal absolutely refused to interview Ben Ramsey. He's like, I'm not doing this. I'm walking away. And then for our interview, Cal came back. At least that's what I heard. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, uh, you, you talked a lot about uh, community, the value of community, mm-hmm. uh, what it yep. means to it important. what it means to build a platform with people who you it appreciate. Appreciate people um, in the community. People who, who have provide insight into I mean we couldn't do things we couldn't have issues. done it without them. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So it was important. It was a great interview. Thank I was you. I was a little it. I was a little bit surprised. Well, why would that be? Because PHP Ugly and myself specifically never got mentioned. I'm we, sure we mentioned we, it. We, we no, mentioned no. it's it's a heavily edited podcast. Yeah. Well, heavily, heavily, heavily well, no, but, but in the in the Slack Pretty channel, sure. in the Slack channel, though, where you failed to mention that you had done this interview or were going to do this interview, you actually said, uh, "Oh, I can't believe I completely forgot to mention PHP Ugly or Tom completely." That that doesn't sound true at all. Yeah, no, no it was we we went on about a 15, 20 minute rant about you, your history, where you were born. I mean, there was a lot of information that got that just got cut, just got dropped. Yeah, all of it. Yeah, that's a bummer. That's a bummer. We're like, it was it the, was a the, good. The episode. guy who started PHP Ugly, his idea, brought us all together. <laughs> Did all the editing, all the editing for the first couple of years. All the, all the video <laughs> management. Did all all the artwork. <laughs> no, it was it was an interview specifically about the PHP architect. PHP architect. Yeah. It, so, it was a video specifically about who used to own PHP Architect and how you guys were ruining it. Because <laughs> I, as much as I don't usually, that seemed harsh. As much as I don't usually listen to podcasts, uh, Cal certainly had opinions on uh, the 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 process of of running a magazine and how he was surprised. Yeah, was like, he was surprised. Yeah, it was, his, yeah, it was so much better when we did it. it. It was his baby for a long time. I get it. <laughs> Yeah, no, and and you've ruined his baby. That's well. probably. I, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Maybe they'll make a movie about us, Tom. What do you think? I, can can they be? Can they possibly do a documentary on us? Uh, I think that might be coming. That was, that'd be a little cringy. I, what, what are the thoughts? That, do we have? Do we have opinions of <laughs> if if you if you're not in the Laravel universe, you might have missed it. I don't know how you would have missed it, but a trailer, not even, not even the documentary, a trailer to the documentary for, of the origins of Laravel was released. What are your thoughts? I, I saw that. I saw it being shared and I'm, I'm just flabbergasted. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I, I remember how big Laravel was when we started SDPHP. And William talking about Laravel, he was it was Laravel three at the time, going on four, and I mean he was a super fan that got us involved in it. But to be worthy of a documentary, I don't. I guess it's going to appeal to some people, but I don't know. Oh, no, exactly not, who it's going to appeal to. You, you look like you have opinions, Tom. Have you seen uh, Have you seen uh, Jiro Dreams of Sushi? No. Yes. That there's a revelation at the end at the, at the in the last ten <laughs> minutes of Jiro Dreams of Sushi. What is mm-hmm. that? What are you talking about? 
oh, if documentary. You haven't seen, well, it's you one of like the it, most John, popular documentaries of the last 10 years. Yeah. It, it's all about a guy who runs a sushi shop. In, in, but it, it's, but it it's not. It gives you a whole it's appreciation not. for, for, for it's, the art and craft of what no, he does. It's a documentary about his son not being good enough. No, it's not about that. Oh my God, you've got daddy issues. Watch, Would you stop? Watch it again. Just answer. Just the answer the freaking question. The what do you think about this? So you know, someone really likes Laravel and wants to to create documentaries. That's my opinion of it. Like, okay, the the fact that they put so, all they put they put an extraordinary group of people together to discuss Laravel. And the trailer is clearly edited to favor uh, Taylor and no. everything that he. Well, no, but <laughs> but the thing is that like the documentary ends with a montage of everyone saying Taylor's name, and then Taylor sitting down at a chair like Elon Musk, and, <laughs> and being like, "That's fair." No, he doesn't. Watch oh it. My God. Watch okay. it again. Watch it again. It's do you guys? It's real. You, you care about my opinion? Are you just? Are you just gonna you know, sit on your little high horse and you know shit on everything? Or do do I get a? I get an opinion? No. Okay, great. Let's go. I don't know what this trailer is about. I know it's being it's being done by some company. Laravel. I don't. I don't know. I don't know why they're doing it. But honestly, I would love to see more of these. I would. I would watch a trailer like this for. I'll watch this Laravel one. I'll watch one about PHP internals. I would watch one about WordPress, Drupal. But he won't I watch the documentary, lo- just the trailer. I, 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 yeah, the documentary, you dick. I would, I, whatever is behind this, I hope this continues. I hope sure. that they're planning on doing more of these. But I Is it okay then? I would have hoped that some of the people who are being interviewed would have been the stars. Because... Like they had Jeffrey Way, they had Matt, they had yeah Frick, more they had that, Adam. That's that's the thing. Jeffrey Way and his the way he built a business out of education more interesting to me. Uh, Frick and the way he runs a business out of you don't know what the documentary is. They, that was no, just a no, trailer. I know that it ends with everyone saying Taylor's name and then Taylor. The trailer does to, not the documentary. Sure, but like. <laughs> The way so that, you just don't want to like it. You just don't want to like it because it's Laravel. That's is besides that the point. Yes, that's In true. Other words, it's true. <laughs> okay, but that's besides the point. Because, What's the point then? Because I think Frick and Fabian Potentier are much better topics for a document a documentary. I'm just hoping they have Livewire. I, I really think they need a. They need to nail Livewire on that documentary. It needs well, to be like a whole 15, 20 minute segment. Eric, I'm if sure it's a multi-part documentary, it should be one of its own parts. I'm sure if you want to back it, I've got somebody that is into making documentaries that I know that would probably do it for us. He was a developer. And that's what he, this he, feels like. And he moved on to doing a documentary on uh, college radio. <laughs> I I just... I so, mean, the only thing worse than that is podcasting. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're just one step down. So I don't. I think. Uh, I think that would work. I don't know. I, I. I geek out on stuff like this. I mean, you know, the these sort of documentaries in my wheelhouse in the industry I'm in. I would love to see more of these. I. I. I, 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 I agree, will, but, but like, start with a 
start with an old technology that is ubiquitous in society. Don't why start why why would you go with what's hot right now? Yeah, this is why you you don't make documentaries, Tom. Right there, I. It was hard for me to get all the way to the end of this this trailer. It was not. Stop it. it. Was it they actually did a good job of putting it together. Sure, absolutely. Like there were no technical flaws, but <laughs> like a, a a documentary that is just praising something is not a documentary. It's an it's an advertisement. You don't know if it's just praising Laravel. You you haven't seen the documentary yet, right? I just saw the trailer, and the trailer is like this endless gush. And it was it was can we can we can we make a trailer and not an actual documentary and just like about PHP ugly and so people think it's amazing? Fucking Joe. It, it's just a very trailer. difficult. Yeah. I would love and if I would love curious, a documentary about curious, PHP that involves Tom, Tom Tom, you're you're gonna you're gonna wanna you're you're gonna wanna lock in on this one. Taylor did announce this week as well that they're hiring for Laravel, the company Laravel. So Tom, get your uh, get your resume in. We're, we're we're trying to flood Taylor with resumes because we're kind of trying to block somebody out from possibly getting a job there. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm already far blacklisted. So send your resume anyway. I actually I actually talked to Taylor today, and it was funny. Before that happened, I uh, I told I told John I'm like, yeah, I don't think he's talking to me anymore <laughs> I, because you've been trying to talk to him for a month, like. Yeah. I, I don't have an in. I, he's not following me, so I can't DM him. I've tried. I, 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 I've been, I've been knocked down the rungs a little bit where I don't get direct responses from Taylor. You're, you're almost unfollowed at this point. Yeah, no, but then almost. you're on, then you're on Voices of the Elephant, and everyone's available to you. <laughs> jealous, oh my gosh. dude. Jealous doesn't even start. I, yeah, the we we have talked at length about the cult of Laravel or like the Laravel stands or like the super fans, this documentary, it does not appeal to anyone who has any criticism of Laravel. This, the trailer, I'm sorry, the trailer, the trailer, the trailer does not appeal to anybody who has any criticisms of Laravel. This trailer appeals to people who are blind super fans. So we've had this conversation a lot and I've always had a hard time putting my finger on it. You like to call people fans. I call them listeners. We don't have fans. We have listeners. And I think this is where, this is an example of where that line gets drawn. Because when you have a fan, and there's nothing wrong with having fans. I agree with you. Laravel has fans. They have fanboys. They have people Stands. who, you know, that when you, when you have a fan, they lose perspective on what it is they're a fan of. They're, they just become a fan of that thing. And I don't think anybody's like that with us. Like, I think, like, we, in, anybody in Discord will criticize us in a heartbeat. Buttery? And as they should. Buttery? Buttery? Buttery, you there? Buttery? Buttery? <laughs> Hello? Buttery? Yeah. And I think that's one of the distinctions where I, I don't feel comfortable ever saying we have fans and we shouldn't say we have fans because we have listeners. We have, we have other developers who listen to us and who give us feedback and tell us how to you know, tell us when we're wrong. And, and the fact that we can do that and we don't, I don't you know, know stop following them on Twitter. I don't know if this or, is going to get cut from the podcast them. or not, but I've never no, had, absolutely will. I've never had someone who listened to the show Buttery. show up at my doorstep and ask for a job because they were a fan of the show. That's a fan. What happened? Like someone showing, like someone showing up in the town that you're in and wanting to have dinner and chat 
like, talking about when we had an office. office. When we had an office. That's a fan. Yeah, like, oh, that's that's true. We did have that's that a happen, fan. didn't we? No, it was a listener who happened to be in town. <laughs> For the purposes <laughs> of talking to you. That's a fan. Anyway, so we do the, we do have yeah, fans. I, one or two. But I agree with what Eric's saying. Is I his his whole point is there are fans of Laravel that see will see no wrong, but Eric will point out flaws in Laravel. That's my he uses it. I did two interviews. It, I did two but, interviews today where one of my core questions was, what do you like about Laravel? And they give me three things they like about Laravel or whatever. And what don't you like about Laravel? And if you can't give me something you don't like about Laravel, you are out. Hmm. Because that means you're not criticizing the software you're using. It means that you like Laravel because it makes things easy for you, but you're not good enough to really criticize the places where it blocks you, where it, 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 it ties you down. And I, I, I get so many, I, I have done so many interviews for people I'm trying to hire. And I say, what is it about Laravel you don't like? And they just go, man, it's all great. And I immediately know, like right then, like you're looking for the easy way. And Laravel does not but, I mean, solve that, that, every that problem. Can be, that can be said about PHP itself. Sure. Like, somebody doesn't have a sure. criticism What about don't PHP, you like about PHP? Kind of I can thing. tell you right now what I don't like about PHP. Generics. Sure. Or their just-in-time just work has not paid mm-hmm. off. Or the community has not embraced change as much as it should. I can tell you right away what I don't like about PHP. And I can tell you right away what I don't like about Laravel. Right away what I don't like about Cake. And people who work with Symphony for 10 years can tell me right away, yeah, not a big fan of Doctrine. But, that, but for some reason, people get into Laravel and they're like, yeah, everything's perfect. And it obviously well, isn't. It, I think, I, yeah, and I, the other aspect of that, it, I, and we don't have to go too big of a tangent on this, but I also think Laravel has established itself where you have professionals that are, oh. at, you know, professionals like us and professionals that are like levels above us who use it and who can identify and criticize it. And then you have beginners who that's their introduction into the language itself sure. is Laravel. Sure. And they're the ones who, who lose, who don't have a perspective. Like they don't, they don't understand, you know, why they're doing something is, so, is bad practice or. And th- th- this is my, my biggest complaint that I, I, I forgot about, about the trailer <clears throat> is that the first half of the trailer is a bunch of people saying PHP was dying. <laughs> PHP. Oh, I don't remember seeing that. Uh, yeah, it's, they, they, it was. It's real weird. The first half of the trailer is PHP was dying. People stopped using it. Uh, there wasn't enough progress being made. The things were slowing down. We hadn't had a new version in blank, blank, blank years. And then the yeah. second half of the trailer is, but then, but then Laravel happened and PHP started getting better. <laughs> it, it's like they're they're totally knocking PHP. For the first half of the trailer, it's really and you know what every I, I, I mentioned this in Slack or Discord. I forget. Everybody's done this, right? WordPress did that. You know, WordPress is like, hey, you know, we we are the saviors of PHP. You know, PHP is still relevant because we're around. I mean, there, there's always going to be that package, that framework, that implementation <laughs> of PHP that that is leading the charge of developers coming to the language. Now, if they if they are truly representing that PHP be, made the made the advancements it's made since the five days because of Laravel, that would be 
that would be in poor taste, right? That the, would the, be. The, I just listened. The very first words in it was PHP was falling behind. Yeah, no, and it was. It, now, hold, but hold on. But what it does was, that have to do right? with Laravel? Fucking nothing. Well, that's that, that's that's my point. And, and we've I've always said that one of the things that one of the reasons Laravel got such a jump jump start was Laravel four was released. Right when PHP was turning that corner, and Laravel 4 was the first one to take advantage of a lot of things that the new PHP was doing, like Composer. We've had this conversation a lot of uh, many times. So, what they're saying isn't untrue. Laravel has solved. Just deceptive. Not Laravel. Because it wasn't Laravel, it was Composer. PHP had stopped. That well, that's my point. If if they're presenting this as Laravel is the reason PHP got better, yes, I would side with you one hundred percent. That's absolutely how they present it. In that's the, not what they said though. In the, they no, said that in the trailer. Laravel, in the trailer, that's absolutely how they present it. That Laravel saved well, PHP. I, I will I will reserve my opinion until I actually see the documentation to, to actually see the documentary. But yeah, I mean, whatever. You know, of course. You got to you got to you got to spin it some somehow to get people to watch anyway. So uh, absolutely, for it. <clears throat> documentaries aren't the truth; they're just documentaries. But like, I was I was immediately put off by how the the trailer starts by bashing PHP and then ends with a bunch of people saying Taylor's name and Taylor sitting down at a chair and saying it's showmanship. Here. I'm sure Taylor didn't know that's how he was going to be Ab- presented. Absolutely not. No, I I know for a fact. <laughs> I know for a fact that's not how he thought he was you know going to be presented, fact? but you know that for a fact. Absolutely, you, you talked to Taylor. No, Taylor wouldn't fucking. He might have, they might have told Taylor. Taylor no, we're just going to lead up to you. Taylor would not stand for that. I'll tell you. I know how documentaries, <laughs> documentaries are made. <laughs> I can't. I can't follow this guy. I swear to God, I can't follow this guy. I need another beer. But before I get another Shocker. beer, let's thank our patrons on Patreon. Beautiful animation <laughs> goes all the way up to my birthday oh, on Saturday. I got a. I got a. It was done oh, specifically for that. What? Where's? Where are you going? He just huh? said he got to get a beer. You know, you got to go right in the middle of the show because you can't have one, an extra one on your desk. You have to go stop in the say, middle. You know how long the show runs. You just prepare for it, man. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, oh, why Tom is gone and why he has the Patreon screen just scrolling without our images on it, I will bring people up to date. Last week, I was talking about. Um, using tiles and stacks on my pop os uh system 76 machine and how i had ran into a problem where i could not tab over to php storm anymore you could tap to it you just couldn't use it right yeah and it it would always move it like i i would tab over to it and then it would like still not be active so the i even made a video of it i forget when i did it It was next day or the following day i made made a video of it i i really wasn't calling anybody out. I wasn't really expecting any response. And I was thinking it was more of a system 76 pop OS issue. Um, and I've got to hand credit where credit is due. You guys know me and my struggles with JetBrains and PHP storm and, you know, not really embracing it quite as much as John and, and Tom did until he decided to uh, jump ship on it. But they tweeted at me and said, Hey, try this. And I, I gotta give him credit. I, I'm like, that is pretty awesome. It's like the fact that they saw that tweet and they thought to respond to me. I, I'm gonna, I, I've got to give PHP Storm a little bit more due credit. 
and I, I've always said it was a good tool. It's just not one I particularly use, but I, I've got to try using it. And for the record, I didn't do what they said because by the time they had responded, um, I had patched my OS, I had done a reboot, and the problem went away. So I never thought it was a PHP Storm issue, but somebody at JetBrains had an idea of a setting that might help me, and I, I never took the opportunity to fix it. But I did share the tweet in our in our um, Discord if anybody else has that issue. And I and I added that information to the video on YouTube as well. So if anybody happens to stumble upon it, they will they will see it there. But hats off to uh, to the people at JetBrains and PHP Storm. I, I appreciate that follow up. Kind of like a good company like that. You do. You really do. I mean, you you really do get the sense that they care about developers. You know what I mean? Like the the developers are important to them, and they really try well, to listen to what they want. I mean, we can go. Maybe somebody will do a documentary on them at some point. We can go one step further than that. Uh, uh, PHP Annotated is a, a monthly blog entry from JetBrains just about the PHP environment, and despite the fact that once again our podcast did not get mentioned. There is a lot of good stuff in this month's issue of, of PHP annotated, like a lot of really cool deep dives uh, into PHP fundamentals, stuff like that. Um, But the real big work that JetBrains has done is the foundation of the PHP foundation. Uh, When Nikita Popov uh, announced he was leaving the PHP internals group, JetBrains jumped in and said, hey, we're going to take over uh, managing contractors to continue development on PHP. And they released their first update, the January 2022 update, where they basically said, here's our sponsors, here's our money, uh, and we are working with some very exciting developers to fund them to continue development in PHP. Um they have a GitHub repo, uh, github.com slash the PHPF, where they are releasing their current, they are saying they're releasing their current decision-making process. Uh, it's not currently public, but they're working on making the bi-weekly meetings public. And they are uh, currently working with applicants for contracting uh, to the JetBrains legal department. So the JetBrains is taking over legal issues for contracting PHP development uh, and getting shit done. Uh, they've they've got a list of all of their uh, sponsors, donors, stuff like that, and they are on Twitter at at the PHPF, where you can see all the latest news from them. I'm really excited about the PHP Foundation. I thought this was going to like disappear into the trenches for. A oh, year. we we did as like the second contributor to the foundation, second and third. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, well no, you, no you knew before me and didn't tell me. So, I mean, it's, true. it's like I, it's Just like saying. I go to San Diego for no reason. Joe in our Discord says, "I really hope you know um, Gary. It's Twitter handle G E H on Twitter because he would appreciate that comment." What what comment did you say? Oh, buttery isn't angry. <laughs> That's what I was. I was gonna say yes. if you don't if you don't follow Gary uh, Hawken, um, you should. He, he's a great speaker. He used to work for JetBrain, and he actually did a lot of JetBrain tutorials. That would if you if you aren't interested in JetBrain, 
would get you interested. He does the whole, like Vim, right? He, he uses JetBrain entirely through the keyboard, but he doesn't use Vim bindings or anything. He just uses all the built-in JetBrain Vim bindings. So he's a, he's a, I don't think he's at JetBrains anymore, but he's a fun guy to watch speak. Mm-mm. That's all I had to say about that. There's also a bit of good news about Laravel, aside from the shining trailer for the documentary, is that Laravel, uh, the Laravel conference, which is online once again due to the situation, uh, is online and free this year. Where were you last week when we talked about this? I was so drunk. <laughs> we made the whole joke about, hey, we're going to buy our, all of our employees a, a ticket nope. to the, the conference yep, this year. Remember that, remember that very clearly now. <laughs> Gave everybody a Discord free tickets. Yes, yeah. yeah. How awesome. how would one get to our Discord if they were to quote our Twitter fo- our Twitter fans? <laughs> we did this last week too. I, I've mentioned it twice already, but we'll mention it a third time. Yep. You can go to uh, discord.phpugly.com <laughs> if you would like to join us. I did a whole lead into that. Uh, uh, yeah, that at the sense. very beginning. That makes sense. <laughs> So you Are did you last in where you did listen to last week's show where we Eric and I both led into it and you still asked a third or fourth or fifth time. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's uh, it's called a running joke. Yeah, it's making it funny again. <laughs> Maybe we should thank our patreons again. What do so you that's, think? Hey, don't huge, don't don't hit the buttons to our Damn it. <laughs> I oh man. Okay, so I need some of the I, I need some of the Patreon bucks because. As you know, I use the Stream Deck for handling all of the many video transitions that we do. Stream Deck announced the Stream Deck pedal. Did you see this? <laughs> stream? No. No, why would I have seen this? It's a pedal stream. that connects to your Stream Deck, and you can use foot commands to switch scenes and do all your okay, magic stuff. Can I, can I just point out the fact that when I got my keyboard, somebody on this podcast went and said... Oh, look, you can hook a pedal up to the keyboard. What idiot would do that? Do you remember this? No, not at all. Just wondering. Not at all. Okay. We, we, we'll have to find that. We'll, we'll have to find that podcast again. But yes, yes, that happened. These, my Kinesis keyboard has the option to add pedals to it. And somebody was criticizing that, that architecture. You sure it wasn't but, a guest? You, like, did we have you, a, <laughs> did we have a guest on that was like, you want to pedal? You? you want to pedal a, a, a stream deck? Pedal. Stream deck pedal. And what would you do with these pedals? pedals? Well, I mean, I could do this. You can do that with pushing the button right down your desk. Right. It's like you look like you did it right there. No, but it requires. Good, I might add. Uh, Are you running the commercial again? No, no. <laughs> just running the commercial again. If I'd had the pedal, that accident would not have happened. <laughs> Oh my god! It's only a hundred dollars. I know you like toys. I can see behind you. Mm. Yeah. I've been fidgeting with my uh, little Batman uh, fidgeter. I got for you want to see what else I got for Christmas? Uh, I got I got the same thing except this black. This the same little fidget thing. I've been trying I, not to mess with it during the show. I three D printed one a while ago. Yeah, me too. Oh yeah, yeah. You got the three D printer. I'm thinking about getting back in the 3D printer. I don't know if if anybody can explain to me what it is I'm supposed to do with this thing. I'd appreciate it. I don't know exactly what it is, but it's so cool. It's this little little black like. like do, you, do you have a magnet? Oh, it's ferrofluid. I do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. Look at that. Is that all you do with it? You just play yeah. with it with the magnet? Wow. Yeah. That's it? Until so you kids, shouldn't drink uh, this. Is what you're telling me. If you put it in, I thought it was venom. I was hoping I could. Would ha- I was going to have superpowers. If you put it, it in so your butt, there's a venom. couple subreddits you'll end up on. <laughs> this thing is so cool, man. I love this thing. Yeah, yeah. it's a fair. I had I, I had one, and my kids somehow cracked the top, so then I started leaking all over the place. <sighs> and nobody got superpowers. I mean, I, I'm really, I'm really kind of focused on the whole superpower thing. If uh, I'm kind of disappointed, it doesn't have, give you superpowers. Okay, so I should do you stop know that it, it doesn't mm. give you superpowers, or are you just I chicken? Do not, Tom. I do not. It <laughs> might. Everything has the potential to give you superpowers if you're if you're brave enough to. Absolutely. Taste it. <laughs> Try putting it in All your right. butt. See what happens. You could be butt venom. <laughs> All right, the show took a weird turn. Very ashamed of everything I've said in the last ten minutes. So I I I, I uh I finally I. You know, we we've had the conversation about NFTs, and I, I've been pretty clear, and I think they're fairly worthless. And I I think uh, I think they've become just a money grab for people. You want to talk about fans? That, that's where that's where people are using fans wrong, right? They get they get all these fans hyped up for NFTs and sell them and whatever. Was there Did a new story you, about? It, it, sorry, wasn't there a new story about like two women that use some? Uh, generation software to create images and then they made nfts and they got out of poverty because they were penniless until this and then all of a sudden they made some money off of it because yes of that's NFTs. it wouldn't surprise me that's all of the, that's it. all of the stories yeah. yeah i don't get it i honestly don't get it i don't i don't get it but apparently now you can have nfts as your profile picture on twitter okay you guys- there's caveats to this twitter has the Plus, like the Twitter Blue subscription platform. Uh-huh. If you're a Twitter Blue subscriber, which costs money, then you can link your NFT to your Twitter profile and you'll get a hexagonal frame around your NFT. Now, the thing really? is, is Twitter doesn't care what the source of your NFT is, which minting a new NFT costs $2. So if you just copy someone's JPEG, and mint a new NFT off of it for $2, Twitter will display it in a hexagon and upset a lot of people. So I could have, well, I can take a, a picture, a JPEG picture of the NFT that somebody paid $50 million for and yes. say I own it. No, but you can make it your Twitter profile and you can get a hexagon around it. Well, I, I can own the NFT for the no. copy of the JPEG. Nope. Don't tell me no. NFT. Who's going to stop me? Is it illegal all of a sudden? That's not illegal. Okay, then why are you saying no? I can't do it because the value resides. The value resides. I'm not, I'm not in, saying it's worth fifty million dollars. You just don't, don't, don't say it in your you butt. Did. You've said it in your butt too many times. Put, the it, show. put it in your butt. <laughs> right in your butt. NFTs are worthless. Both, okay, move no on. NFTs are both dumb and brilliant. In the same way that we recognize a couple Renaissance painters, but in reality, there are thousands of Renaissance painters. And we even recognize some uh, uh, Renaissance painters who were trained by the masters as if they were the masters. And, and if, you, if you want to get into art theory, it gets, it gets real messy about what art is and why art has value. And the Bored Ape stuff, as stupid as it is, 
holds value because it is an original form of art. And I, I and the board apes will always have value. And, and no you can now you can forge the board apes, but verifying forgeries of the board apes is very easy because of the blockchain. And that's the value lies in the fact that the art is shit, but verification of authenticity is easy. It's a really stupid market, but every new art market is really stupid. Andy Warhol's art market was really stupid because he mass-produced genuine artworks. <clears throat> and everyone said, this is so dumb. Why would I want to buy a pencil from Andy Warhol? And Andy Warhol made it valuable. Yes, the stuff is really dumb. But does that affect the value? No. The but value the, is the in... The thing I always said, the, the thing I always said is when you bought that thing from Andy Warhol, you owned it. You don't own anything with the NFT. You didn't own it. That, that was Warhol's thing. Warhol's thing was that when he printed something for Playboy magazine, he knew he was making 500000 of a thing. And immediately, the magazine sold out off the shelves because it had an Andy Warhol print in it. Right, but... But those those people who bought that owned that. Sure, they got the first five hundred thousand, and then when Playboy re- that's not true with NFTs. Though. Absolutely, when Playboy reissued the magazine, the people got the reissued version, and the reissued version was not as valuable because there is a way of authenticating who got the first Playboy magazine with an Andy Warhol portrait in it. As long as there's a way of authenticating who got the first or the second or the thousandth. Then, the, then it will have value. And NFTs are artwork exploring the nature of value in the art world. Mm. Yes, the artwork that's being produced is stupid, but the methodology behind it, the, the marketing behind it, is unique enough to represent a point in time. NFTs are absolutely dumb, and they'll be coming to PHP Architect this month. <laughs> All right. That's it. Are we are we done? We we got we got anything else to talk about? I got one more thing. Man, I have a question. You, we got so many questions. What's your question? How do you hire a really good programmer? You stock. You make Discord. sure they don't get a job at another company. You have people apply to another company that they're thinking about applying to. I I have recently gone through a a bit of a revelation with the company that I work for. We're a startup, and I just I just got. Sold. You don't want to work for a startup. I just want to put that out there to anyone that might be listening cool. right now. Cool. You never want to work I'll for a just, startup. Uh, I'll mute you real quick. Uh, I got. I recently just got a hundred percent sold on the company, on the work that I do, and the work that my team does. And now we need to hire another developer. And my standards went from like, do you understand PHP? And like, is Laravel great? To like, you better be way fucking better than me. You better be able to nail this shit every day and work hard because you love this company and want to f- see it succeed. And then I started doing interviews and I've got guys who are like, yeah, you know, it's like not really looking for a new job, but like this sounds like a great opportunity. And I'm like, you're, you're out. You were straight out. So how do you find a good PHP programmer? Cause like I've got the guys who are excited like I want to work on this thing. I'm quitting my company because I want to work hard on that's stuff. The problem, that's the cool. problem. It sounds like you're only looking for guys and not women too. Right. I got. To, I got to be honest with you, Tom. One of one of the things, one of the realizations I had to I had to 
come to grips with. Nobody's going to love and care about Diego Dev as much as I do. John's, you know, he's there somewhere, second, third place. He's 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 in my rearview mirror. But when I when I was hiring people, I always had this expectation that they were going to embrace Diego Dev the way I embraced Diego Dev. Like it was going to be their life. They were going to want to tweet about it. They were going to want to talk about it. They were going to want to make it achieve and get better. They would remember to put themselves on mute when they're puffing away on the, at their vape pen. Oh, I found. And uh, I had to come to the realization, you know, that just wasn't going to be the case. We, it we, hurt. We, I mean, it, yeah, we thought it was going to be family. Like we were hiring yeah. people we knew that we were close with. It was going to be like a family building something together. Is this is this about Spencer? <laughs> <laughs> Spencer was the start of it. We don't talk about Spencer anymore. Spencer was. was I remember the first time my heart got. Anytime broken. anything went wrong, it was Spencer's problem. It was Spencer's fault. But no, I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. We've got a great team, and they're all developers. And, and I take a, a, a lot of pride in the fact that you know we are a source of income for those people to make a living and to have health insurance and that sort of thing. So you know, but I had to. I really, I struggled with it for a very long time. John, John can vouch for this. I really had to come to the realization that. If we went if we went out of business tomorrow, they would all have new jobs a week or two later because that's what they that's what they had here. It was a job. They were all very talented people. Okay, when we had when we had one employee who I was just I I in my eyes was the future of Diego Dev. This one employee was going to be the beacon of what Diego Dev was going to become when they went to work for another company. I mean. I can't fault the other company because obviously we thought they were good enough to hire them. No. We thought they <laughs> were good enough to pay them a salary. You didn't fault the other company. You faulted Spencer. It wasn't Spencer, but <laughs> I, I, you know, <laughs> but it, it was, it, it was that individual where I just was like, all right, you know, kind of fuck it. You know, nobody, nobody's going to champion Diego Dev, but you know, me and John. Well, I'll tell you, John and I. I, I got equity. And when I got equity, I like I pulled up the page that had like my vesting and my and I went, oh shit, I love this company. Like I love this company. I want to work for them forever and make my equity the most it can be. And I believe in the cause. And like I, I always get, I always got these, these conversations from startup owners who were like, we are, you know, we are a family, we are a unit, we are working together to better the company. And when I started getting equity, I was like, no, bro, I feel it. Like we are doing this, me and you. It but really you have, the company is not public, right? No. So do you you can't cash in your equity right now, right? Well, so there's they're in the series C. But does so, that mean you have access to physical funds or is it so it, I'm on, one I'm day on a, if they I'm if on a they four, sell no, I'm on a four year investment for, so I, I I can't get anything right now. But every time the company gets evaluated for a larger amount of money, I can cash in my my equity shares for the amount that they were valued at when I first got it. So my shares, even though private, are sounds like NFTs again. It sounds like the whole NFT thing to me. It's not that different. <laughs> 
We have equity in the company. Yeah, no, we have sh- a no shit. <laughs> no, you no, have no, equity no. in the company you own? You don't no, no, no. say. In another company. Yeah. And right now it's just nothing. It's just equity. It's 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 just saying we, we, we own ten percent of of a company that But doesn't you know, that motivate you? Yeah. Doesn't that make you mm-hmm. say like I want to make this the best it can be for what it is? No. I mean not not if I can't cash it out. No. I okay, right. I'm getting I'm getting away from my core concept, which is I want to hire really, really good developers. I want to hire developers that are better than me. Did you think about showing them a comic strip and say, why is this funny? Yes. <laughs> Turns out that only Did that you just only turn the show into a big management. advertisement for your company? No, but how do you... Are, are they are they paying for... You, you've mentioned several times you're hiring, and uh, uh, there, there, there are people I'm specifically trying not to hear that, so... Let's wrap it up. All right. They Lightful. don't want to work com. for a startup. I, they know that already. I I just want to know how do you how do you judge a developer's quality? Because I've had it's tough. I've had three interviews this week, and within the first five minutes, I knew like, oh no, you're no. I I, I can tell you, I can tell you this for for me person personally. If your first understanding of this individual is when they sit down and have an interview with you, you're already behind. I treat people like like professional sports. Like I scout people. I watch their development over years. I I follow them. By the time I interview somebody, I don't have that luxury. I yes you do. You just you just need to have the discipline to do it. You know, when when no, we're hiring time. we go I need after to have the time to do it. You need to make the time to do it. This is important. This is not this is important. And this is why I do it. When we when we get in a position to hire people, we we will reach out to people first. There's only been a couple times we've sent out blanket, "Hey, we're hiring," and those were for specific positions. Okay, so how do you reach out to people? It's we just like you said. You we just tweeted. Is that what you said? No, no, no. I mean, like (laughs) you've got a guy who wants to work for you or a girl. Oh, I've been corrected. You've got a dude person. You've got a dude who wants to work for you. Where do you start? How's dude better? Dude is it like a, you, you're talking about somebody I have been following and I've been kind of tracking. No, I'm saying I need a DBA, right? And I've got ten resumes to to look at. How do you? Well, I mean, right off the bat, okay. So, like I said, you're already you're already behind. But if you have the resumes, you sh- you should be doing deep deep dives on their socials. And and if you give me this, well, you know, they don't have social. Again, seems very invasive. That's your fault. That's your fault. You're you're that much further behind when you do that interview, right? I mean, you're interviewing for your company. They're they're just looking for a job. That's true, right? You're looking for the right person. You're the one that should be doing the the homework. You're the one that should be doing the the, the legwork to see if they're the right person. By the time it, it it would drive me crazy if I went to an interview. And somebody didn't know anything about me, and then I'm trying to sell myself. It's like, then you're not well, serious yeah. about hiring that's, somebody. That's the, you don't want to you, you, you don't want to hire somebody. You don't want to hire somebody. You just want to fill fill a seat at that point, which is fine. You might be in that position. You might not be looking to hire somebody. No, you might just be looking. You just might need to develop. No, you're 100 percent right. If you, so if you if you're, if you're putting yourself on the market. You need to do the legwork. Don't 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 say if you're putting yourself in the market. It's not their position. It's not their position. They might have a job when they come talk to you. 
They might not be looking for a job, but might find your position interesting. It's your responsibility to do the legwork, period. We, we always have pretty good interviews. It's because I do my homework when people come to us for interviews. That's true. He does a good job with it. No. That's why we've never hired you, Tom. What? <laughs> That's not actually why. That's true. true. Because it's because I'm an idiot. It's because you turned us down, you bastard. Can we right. can we tell that story real quick, just so that the new listeners, and by new I mean people within the last two years, know that story? Go for it. I'd love to hear, hear your, your version. Story? My version. <laughs> <laughs> we have we have been friends for coming time. up on ten years, and. Yeah. Did, did John, did you just ask, ask Eric to correct me? No. We're friends, right? Yeah. And so the, the company I was at did not do uh, performance reviews or uh, raises or any kind of like conversation about compensation whatsoever. And I kind of just got really, really sick of it. You were there for years without this. Right? For years without any kind of review or positive reinforcement whatsoever. And I came, this was just after you guys had just established Diego Dev. And I had, I came to you saying. Just talking in general. I mean, we were just friends was, talking about work. There was a lot of beers at business.com and talking about work. And you guys, you guys told me what I should be earning. And I did not take that as an offer. I took that as a, mm. yeah, really? Well, it was an it was an offer. You took the offer as a as a as a play back to your current employer at the time. Like, said, if I remember correctly, you you took the offer. It turned it was, into resignation. It, it was leverage. <laughs> but I did not, in my youth, see it that way. I was I was <laughs> ten, narrowly. Ten years ago. <laughs> I was yes, ten years ago. That's a long time. I was very narrowly focused on keeping doing what I was doing. And the the idea of I could make more somewhere else only made sense to me as leverage. It did not make sense to me as like something I should do because I am uncomfortable with change. Well, it worked out for you. You you used your yeah. leverage. You, mm. Now now all you could do is be mad at us for not offering you more that you could have gone to them and gotten more money for. Maybe you'd that's still be not, in San Diego if you were making fair more. at all. <laughs> I would not still be in San Diego. No, I I was stupid. So the moral of the story is Tom used us, used and abused us, took took our our friendly offer of yeah, I'll be part of your team. I'll help you. I'll help you build the company. The, took our friendly offer and got more money I, for himself. No, the, the, the bottom moral, line is if you don't accept an offer from us, you might end up on our podcast. <laughs> we'll, we'll make fun of you for years you're, for years about it. we will not let you forget no the moral of the story is that when you are discussing business with friends you have to create an emotional barrier between when you're discussing business and when you're being friends and i was spectacularly bad at that and i feel terrible about it because you guys are my my best friends and you were putting me in a position where you could elevate my career and I just wasn't even fucking aware of it because I was casual about the whole situation. And that's a huge regret of mine. I think I could totally 
work with Diego Dev and make things great and do my thing. But I also wouldn't learn the things I've learned now. And hey, how do you know that? Fuck asshole. Trust me, we're, we're happy you didn't take the job. That's, yeah, what you think no, that fucking, up is par- <laughs> fucking up is part of the process. Like, it's the reason that the person who dropped tables didn't get fired. Because fucking up is part of the process. But, 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 but I, take a, I take offense that you're like, fired yet. <laughs> I take offense that I wouldn't have learned what I've learned now, like where you're working at so much better than working with us. <laughs> that's just a shitty thing to say. What? No, no, we, no. We, we had such a range. We we have such a range of clients. I mean, it's crazy. What I like, what I what I learned in the last six months. Okay, you're not still, still offensive. <laughs> right, let me hold on. Let me try you're again. Still, you're still offending us. Let me try again. <laughs> Please don't. Yeah, let's just drop it there. I'm I'm John. So listen. Thanks for if, listening. If, let, let me let me just throw oh. this last thing out. Let me let me throw this in Discord so that it's there and I I can clear my board. And I'll, I'll, I'll feel like I accomplished something. First thing, Discord. Um, I need more titles. I'm not putting "butt" in our title. So anybody who had the title with the word "butt" in it, that that's not happening. Um, what is that Discord yeah, address? The- <laughs> <laughs> but listen, oh, if you're a PHP developer, the good news is. PHP is still a sought-after language uh, when it comes to web development. Um, the top programming language, most popular and fastest-growing choices for developers. And PHP is still on the list. It is one, two, three, four, fifth down, but <laughs> it is only second down for web development and back-end, which is what PHP is. There's other stuff in there for embedded, for mobile. That's Python, Java, C. JavaScript Java. is the only language. JavaScript is the only language that is above PHP that is designed for the, for the web. So if you're developing web, if you're developing in the web and you develop in PHP, good choice, man. Good choice. I don't see any other webs on here. <laughs> PHP is the peach. Ah. Ruby. <sighs> Ruby's just. Ruby has fallen from grace, hasn't really, it? Haven't they? Really has. <laughs> All right. There's gonna yeah, be a fra- there's gonna be a framework that comes along very soon that elevates it back up to a king in the mountain. There's gonna be a documentary sure. about it and everything. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> Ruby had stagnated, but then Taylor Otwell <laughs> saved it. Taylor's gonna Taylor's gonna migrate Laravel over to Ruby, and he'll be the he'll be the king again. All right, that's it for episode 271 of PHP Ugly. I'm Eric. I'm John. I'm Tom. Keep, Keep it, it ugly. ugly. One, two, one, two. Uh, coming off the top. Y'all know how we do. Listen, I'm going to drop a freestyle you can cherish. I'm going to send a shout out to the host named Eric. Yo, he's never on some average shit. You know, Eric, he stays loud and passionate. I'm about to break it down for y'all with the clever song. Yo, shout the host name Thomas because he's never wrong. Yo, shout to John. You know that he's smart and quiet. Unlike my freestyles, which cause a riot. I'm about to do it like this because the people love me. Shouts out to people. 
PHP, the ugly It's called ugly cause it's not professional But I'm about to come through and bless it with style So let's do it when I'm spitting, I perfume the room Yo, this segment of the show is called Doom and Gloom That came from Thomas, yeah, can nobody go beyond this I get the mic and then I'm about to keep it like a promise Yeah, and y'all know we fill them up with anguish We talking about the PHP, the programming language About to break it down, no exaggeration What do y'all do for a living web applications? Okay, I can dig it, my words spray tight Uh, they getting together on the Thursday nights Yeah, when it comes to rhyming, you can call me the new dude I spew true lyrics while y'all broadcast on YouTube So let's get it, you know my lyrics are major All up in the comments, they got plenty of haters But they doing what they doing, keep it ugly We ending every show with the saying it's lovely Let's go Yeah, come on